0: are real geniuses richard jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you he hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field sleep science cancer stem cells ketogenic diets and more here come the geniuses this is the finding genius podcast
1: with richard jacobs hello this is richard jacobs with the finding genius podcast i have a podcast host her name is jj flizanes She's an author, a speaker, a trainer, and director of what's called Invisible Fitness. That's the website is invisiblefitness.com. She's the host of the Fit to Love podcast show. Also Amazon bestselling author of Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit to Attract the Love of Your Life. Author of Knack, Absolute Abs. Named Best Personal Trainer in Los Angeles by Elite Traveler Magazine. Very accomplished lady. She sounds like a, a real smart cookie. So JJ, again, thank you for coming.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: The law of attraction. And then you piqued my curiosity because you said you have a unique spin on it that has a science underpinning. Can you describe, like, you know, what does that mean? And let's.
2: Yeah, let me give you just a little backstory. Uh, when I was growing up in school, I wasn't sort of that brilliant science math kid. In fact, it was abstract to me. And uh, I did good. I was always on the honor roll. I had like A minuses and A's and B pluses and everything, but I didn't think I was smart. And I didn't understand the capacity of my brain and how I learned for many, many years. And when I started to learn personal training and I learned biomechanics, I started to see science differently because it became mechanical. I could see physical things. Like if you talk about a vector line in physics and engineering and biomechanics, like understanding how something is visual when it's like, it's not visual normally. Like you're talking about like air, right? Like if you talk about gravity, you can't see gravity, but you know, it's there because you know what it does. And for me, learning personal training and all the sciences of personal training, including anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, and physics, those are the main, and then the endocrine system and biochemistry. And later on, uh, everything that has to do with the endocrine system and your digestive tract, as well as your hormones. Like I just started to get into sciences and I realized, wow, I'm actually really good at this. I now understand science in a different way that it was taught to me in school. And I kind of struggled with feeling kind of out of place in different ways. And I'd gone to a therapist who said to me, well, honey, you're, you're gifted. And I said, what? And and she said, well, you're, you're gifted. My mother created the system that tests people who are gifted. And I thought, well, okay, part of me liked that. It really made sense. It why i felt like a black sheep or a fish out of water a lot of times in terms of trying to explain things that i could understand to others and them not get it or have like a doctor who's really good in one area of science when i'd explain let's say stretching <laughs> and i'd explain the science of biomechanics and physiology when it comes to tension in your muscles and your brain's activity connecting to your muscles and when you think of stretching it causes tension which actually hurts you anyway i'd explain certain sciences and they wouldn't get it and i would think but you're a do- but you're a doctor you, you've learned science and all these other areas. Why don't you understand this concept? I'm explaining it. Yeah. So, so it took a long time for me to really wrap my head around this idea that while I didn't grow up again in a feeling smart, in a scientific way, I apply things in my brain. I really appreciate now how my brain works very differently in a training that I had had done for some of my local clients and friends and family in the area of nonviolent communication based on the work of Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. Uh, I, I had to like take a step back because the concepts that were being taught were things that I had already learned. i had already taken the courses and the classes I was considering becoming certified. And okay. and I didn't really recognize how I learned until I had all these people in a room and the instructors were teaching the same material I had already learned. And then they all came away really confused and they said to me like, and I, I really thought, oh my God, what, what do you mean? Like, this was life changing for me. What are you not understanding? And then I realized that my brain, if it doesn't make sense in the order that it's presented, my brain would quickly rearrange it to make sense of it. And then I'd go, oh, Okay. But I'm not linear thinking that way in where someone says, well, here, ABC, and and if I don't understand it, I just check out. So it's taken me to this point to recognize that I have, and I have been tested in terms of like 50% left and right brain. And so I I really focus on something like the concept of law of attraction. For a lot of people, especially in the scientific community, they want to poo-poo it and think that it's a belief system. But what they don't understand is that it's physics. And when you apply physics in the areas of frequency and vibration, it's a game changer.
1: Well, one quick question. Uh, One model of how people learn is that, you know, they're auditory or kinesthetic or visual. So, you know, how do you put yourself against that template? Like, what would you say you are?
2: Well, I would say I'm auditory because I would listen to a lot of CDs and and learn that way. But then again, when it comes to the science and math piece or science in general, when I could see it work, there was a a CD program made by a company called Atom. This is years and years ago, and they still exist. And it was the first time because I had taken so many physiology courses within personal training certifications. And every time they would draw those dumb muscles on a on a whiteboard and they would break down each spindle and then cut the mu- muscle in half and there are more spindles and cut it in half and like learning all the different layers of tissue in a muscle and muscle fibers and, mus- and sections of muscle, <laughs> uh, it, it just never would click into my brain. Like I couldn't see it. I mean, yes, they were drawing me pictures, but then they were discussing the action potential, the electrical part of the brain that creates a muscle contraction. Now between action potential and muscle contraction, there's a lot of chemical and electrical changes that happen. I don't know how many, but there's a lot. And again, you can explain it to me verbally, auditorily, but I may not understand it because I I need a picture in my mind because obviously I'm not You're not gonna take a muscle out of my body, put on a table, and it's gonna work the same way. So, in order for me to understand that, I needed a visual to make that science more you know, real for me. And so I would say I'm a little bit of both.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. I um I'm very I guess that's why we're podcasters, by the way, because we're auditory. So, like with books, you know, I'll listen to audiobooks and I don't read nearly as much. So that's why I wanted to ask you, you know, how you feel like you're you're geared. But um, so going towards you know, what you're calling quantum physics and vibration and frequency. So tell me a little bit about the law of attraction as it's normally stated. And then what's your spin on it?
2: Well, again, I think that most people oversimplify it and they think it's saying some affirmations and putting pictures up on a wall and creating a vision board you never do anything with. And I like to make the comparison that a vision board is like a treadmill. It only works if you use it, but most people Mm -hmm. don't know how to use it. Because they don't understand the whole point of it, like when the secret came out in two thousand six seven what again oversimplification great movie for the again visualization of when thought transfers like a radio wave it there were really great parts about that movie to educate people on the power of law of attraction because it could create a visual for frequency, and we all understand it when i when we talk about let's say rate the radio which who listens to the radio anymore? But okay, so let's just say the radio, right? It's usually like something that's on demand. Uh, but let's say you listen to 102.7 FM, but your dial is set on 95.5. Well, oh. you can't hear what's on 102.7 if you're set for 95.5. It's the same machine, it's the same car, it's the same dial, it's the same time and space. What's the difference? The difference is the frequency. We all understand it when we're talking about phones and when we're talking about, you know, when you have two people who are calling each other and how do you connect when you're not in a line anymore, right? It's this invisible line of frequency that connects one phone to another. We're on Zoom right now, right? Like, what makes this line different than the 20 million other lines that are simultaneously happening right now? Well, it's frequency.
1: Well, well also, too, um, you know, when you speak to someone and they're distracted, you could hear it in their voice. So even if you're on the same frequency, and the connection's great. Um, the person could be filtering out what you're saying, or just not paying attention, and it still won't come through the info. You know?
2: Well, that would be frequency in the physical form of frequency. So, like our connection right now, but where humans need to understand frequency in terms of law of attraction is where how we emit information, how we emit a frequency from us. Like we are a cell tower in ourselves, and that frequency is our emotions, our belief systems. Our level of our, our level of, again, openness, surrender, trust, like depending on what you're feeling, that is a frequency. Have you ever met somebody who is worried all the time, wondering what bad things are going to happen to them and then bad things happen to them?
1: Yeah, I, well, what this brings to mind uh, some days if I'm i do not know, in a bad mood or something, I'll feel like everyone's a jerk, you know, at the stores I go to and everything. And I'm sure it's probably me because other days I go around and I'm in a good mood and I'm relaxed and everyone seems very nice and helpful. So I'm sure what I give off comes back to me. It's processed by the other people and it affects how they react to me. You know.
2: Well, again, here's the frequency. So have you bought like a car recently? And then all of a sudden after you buy your car, you see them everywhere on the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's happening.
2: Yeah. It's a pretty common experience. That most people have, well, does it mean that all of a sudden everyone else bought that car or does it mean you're now tuned into the frequency of that car?
1: Yeah, you tuned in, your awareness of it has grown.
2: Right. So when you're in a bad mood and that's what you're leading with, that's the frequency you're in. So let's give it a motion. Maybe you're frustrated. Your dominant vibration is frustration. Then you're going to pick up and be in alignment with anybody else's frustration. Mm, So, yeah. Uh, So people are mirrors for us to show us and reflect back to us a lot of times where we are if we're not clear. And again, there are multiple levels of being, like we're all living a different reality. If you're not aware of that, like everybody can pick a frequency and it doesn't mean that things aren't happening at every level. I used to explain it to people like in corporate settings and speaking to corporate environments for customer service and whatever. Imagine like a multi-level office building and it's again, it's all the same building. It's all the same stuff, but you don't, if you're on the first floor, you don't know what's happening on the third floor. And it's the same, it's the same way, like emotionally, like if you're in an emotion of a low vibration, let's say frustration, anger, sadness, fear, disempowerment, depression, uh, that is a reality. And I'm not saying it's not real. It is real for you because that's the frequency you're on. But simultaneously there are wonderful things happening in frequencies. You're not connected to because you have to be the receiver of that frequency to be in alignment with what's going on at that frequency. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Like, um, I mean, maybe it's like being a kid and two adults are having a conversation and just because, you know, it's out of your awareness, they can say things and communicate things that are just totally, you know, over your head or outside of your experience.
2: Yeah. That could be something. Have you ever watched like a movie multiple times? And every time you watch it, you see different things each time.
1: Yeah, or read something or heard something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: right. So we have like, we, we get the messages that we're in alignment with at the time. And then the more that you are in, in alignment with that, you are then you are able to hear something new. The more you do it, the more you hear different things. And also the mood that you're in. I mean, another example would be, people looking at the same situation like let's say a tragic situation or something to some one person could be tragic but to others it's not a big deal I mean the way that we respond as humans to our stimulus and our environment isn't a preset like a plus b equals c there are so many factors that determine our interpretation of that experience I mean I used to grow up thinking that people were stupid and not in a I didn't I wasn't trying to be mean or disrespectful I just didn't understand why I was looking at a situation, let's say maybe it was something where I felt someone was being mean to somebody else or something. And I would get upset about it. And I would look around to see who else was upset. And if I, and I'd see often that not everybody was upset. And I would think, what's wrong with you? Why are you not upset about the situation? And so for me, When I understood law of attraction, astrology, like all the different tools that I use that separate and give us meaning for how different people interpret things, all of a sudden I recognize the multitude of interpretations people can make in any given situation at any time. So what is the common thread? What's the common denominator? The lens at which we're looking at the thing, like us, where we are, what we're experiencing. So again, the, the top misconceptions, again, about law of attraction... Is a that it's a belief system like a religion? It's not uh that it is sort of some woo fooey unprovable thing, and it's not. It's quantum physics, and it's been around for over a hundred years. And it and the frequencies that we live with every day are the same frequencies that we have going on in our bodies when it comes to our emotions. So we emanate whatever again belief system picture in your head, emotions, dominant emotions that live in your subconscious and your conscious mind, and we. We put that out into the world. And what we get back is a reflection of where we are, not what we want. So again, another aspect of what I think a misconception is for law of attraction in a scientific sense is that people think, well, if I believe, if I do positive thinking, if I say affirmations and I I just, I'm a positive person, like I'm white knuckling it, right? I'm white knuckling it. Most people don't realize that 12% of their brain is conscious and the other 88% is subconscious, which means that 88% of your subconscious mind are the belief systems, the habits, the patterns, the interpretations that you've had from zero to eight and some of them you don't even recognize you have, but they're the ones ruling your life. They're the they're the iceberg, what's underneath the water, right? The the big bird, you, the little one on top doesn't do anything, but it's the big iceberg underneath that's really going to stop the, the ship from moving forward.
0: If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes.
2: So for a lot of people, they think, well, I'm being positive. I'm choosing positive thinking. Why do I keep having these bad things happen? And and the great thing about law of attraction as a teaching modality for life is to, it's always like feedback. It's excellent feedback to show you where you are and to let you know, hey, you believe this or you have a fear of this that's why you keep attracting that and and we have we have choice we have power we are empowered beings to decide if we want to let things like that rule our lives or and be a victim of circumstance Or we get to decide how we can change what we're doing, heal some of that stuff, and attract at a different level. How I even got into all this, my most important sort of mind-blowing moment was back in 2002 when I heard uh, Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham, say, you are the creator of your own reality. And for whatever reason that day, it hit me so hard and so clearly because it meant to me... Well, if I'm the creator of my own reality, that's good news because that means I can change my reality if I don't like what's happening. It was so empowering uh, that it's literally changed the course of my life since then.
1: Well, in the spirit of that, so what, what are a couple of tricks for people listening? If they're, you know, I don't know if they're upset about something, how do they change their mindset? How do they change their day? Or if, you know, they really want something to happen in life, you know, they want to get pregnant. They want to, get a new job they want to whatever it may be like with your spin on the law of attraction how can they get these things how can they put themselves in the right uh i don't know broadcasting mode and reception mode
2: that's a really big question uh because that's i like i have an (laughs) entire podcast on that right like that's like every podcast episode is how to use the law of attraction pretty much in a different way or understand it differently or apply it differently because what we're doing is we're really we want to be curious I'm going to first say that you have to make a choice. There are only two ways to proceed and two ways to interpret your role in your life. You know, when I heard that you're the creator of your own reality, and I repeated that a few times to other people, I noticed how some people did not receive it positively. I did. I was like, that's awesome. That's cool. Because guess what? I care about my life. And if I want to change it, that means I get to. But some people would hear that and feel shame and they'd feel no, no, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. <clears throat> what are you saying that I did this? I'm, I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I'm getting something that I don't, that I deserve because I'm not a good person. Like I I, I was amazed at the opposite interpretation of that statement because it was meant in positive, again, empowering energy. And some people received it the opposite of me. So cool. first we have to decide that, and it really comes down to two things. You either and I'm going to say this is what I dive into in my show. Different belief systems and different things that you believe and have you questioned your beliefs? Are you curious? Do you know what your relationship is to a higher being? Do you know, do you believe in reincarnation? Or is this your only life that you have? Are you an atheist? Blah, 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 like all that, right? I Because if you don't understand what your beliefs are, because that's the basis of everything that you do. Just to like give you an example, if you are an atheist who believes that you only have one life, and this is not a judgment, by the way, anyone, if that's who you are, that's cool. I'm just going to say from my point of view, if I was an atheist, I would yeah. feel a sense of anxiety. I would feel a very, very burdening sense of responsibility, and, a, mm. and I'd feel some scarcity of time, that if this is my only life, that I'd feel pressure to either do something with it, to do it right to do good for the planet, because I'm not coming back. Um, I feel like and maybe there's an or or I'd feel apathetic, one of the two. Uh, right. So that's if you don't believe anything past you, then maybe there's a, a constant searching for meaning or searching for answers or searching for security or safety. Maybe you're chasing money too much because you think that's going to make you feel better. Yeah. And I'm not saying that atheists have all these problems. They're probably very happy atheists. I'm just giving an example of a possibility of an interpretation. Now, on the flip side, I've spent literally since 2002 or even before that studying all different walks of life and belief systems and in ancient Eastern and Western traditions and gathering information to make sense of what I believe and to be able to articulate that. So if you understand what you believe, that that's your point of view, that's your perspective, if you would believe that you are here multiple times, you never get it done, you never get it right, you come here to expand, learn and grow, and you come here to have a good time, and that while you may have incarnated in this lifetime with a plan and for a reason, like to learn something, you still have the power of choice when you're here. Now, that's more of my belief, which makes me a little more relaxed because I don't feel responsible for changing the world. I feel passion about offering a gift or an idea, and I feel comfortable in those who are attracted to it and those who aren't. It's not my responsibility to change anybody. Uh, I do the best I can. I follow my internal guidance system. I follow my own integrity, and I also trust very deeply in the process of life.
1: I got a a question here. So, What if you don't have it all figured out? I mean, I I feel like I don't. Um, There's certain things I just I'm not sure what to believe, you know, like, let's say, uh, you know, uh, in terms of theology, you're an agnostic person or you're just not sure or, you know, in other aspects of your life, you're uh, you're unsure, you know, then you can't say, all right, I know what I believe. So then what do you do?
2: Well, while I painted that picture of an example of a foundation of your belief in life, uh, I'm not by any means suggesting that you have to figure all that out before l- using law of attraction. I just want to. I just want to sort of. Here's here's the foundation of where we react from, where we interpret from, where we compare things to. And and I would just want to put out for people, if you don't know, I'm not saying that there's a right answer, but there does need to be a slight curiosity of your own thinking, not of right or wrong or what is out there. But what do you believe? What do you feel? Because law of attraction is based on feelings. It's based on emotion. And emotion that you feel in your body not that you think in your head. So we can't have a a positive thought without a vibrating positive feeling literally in your body, in your cells. Otherwise, it's all in your head and it's and your subconscious, which is again, 88% of your power in your brain, will emanate a different frequency than you think you're putting out in your brain. So for someone to very simply start using law of attraction, again, the decision to make, it isn't about researching what is about life and death, but the decision to make is to decide If you're a victim of circumstance, if that's a comfortable place for you to be, which, by the way, that will never feel good, <laughs> like a long term. Uh, but, but just notice if you blame circumstances for your your feelings or for your or for your situation. If that is the case and that is a choice, and you have every right to make that choice, then just recognize that that's the position you're in. You feel that others are responsible for something that you feel or something that's happened to you. And again, I'm just letting you know that that's a disempowered point of view. Now, on the flip side, what I think is a better way to go, because at the end of the day. Let's imagine we don't know. So let's say I'm going to die in 10 days from now. And in 10 days, I have a choice to believe and trust at a level that makes me calm. It brings me joy. I have peace and happiness. And in 10 days from now, when I cross over, I find out I was wrong. Okay, well, then I was happy for 10 days. But if I'm concerned and worried and in disbelief and resistant and victimized and depressed because I'm not sure what the truth is, and then I die and find out I was wrong. Well, then I wasted 10 days where I could have been happy. So to me, it's as simple as if you choose to take full responsibility for yourself and you start to get curious and you start to listen to your intuition and you do things that feel good. You you do things that feel good to you. You that feeling good, feeling happy, feeling free, that your emotions are important to you. I mean, that's really the first step is to get out of the rat race of of achieving of whatever, like notice that. And this is a really great law of attraction quote, uh, anything that you want. So listen up. I'm going to say it again. It's really important. Anything that you want is only because you think you'll feel better when you have it. So the trick of law of attraction is that you think you want more money or you think you want a relationship or you think you want better help health because you think you'll feel better when you have it. But the trick of law of attraction is you have to feel better now to get it. And then when you feel better now, you don't even need it because you were just aiming for the feeling in the first place. So how do I feel more empowered? How do I feel more joy? How do I feel more freedom or more security? If you can identify some of those feelings for yourself then, and, and focus forward. It's another law of attraction, focusing forward. What do you want? Because on the other split side of you know left versus right, yes versus no, on the dichotomy here of of your choices, you're either complaining about what is and looking at what is, or worried about the future, um, or you're creating it. So instead of because you know if you wouldn't drive a car and look in the rearview mirror the whole time because you'd crash, right? But you'd be driving the car and the car moves forward. So every thought you have, every action you take, every feeling you feel, everything that you do is creating your next outcome, is creating your future. So when you're stuck in a situation that you don't like, you can pivot and go, well, what do I want to create? What do I want to have? And how does that feel? Oh my God, that feels so great. I did that in my last marriage. I knew I'd get the relationship of my dreams, not knowing that uh, it wasn't going to be from my husband. (laughs) Uh, But I stayed in this positive vibration with no evidence that it was ever going to work out between he and I. But I had hope and I had belief. I had this deep belief. And so I did these practices of appreciation, of always milking the good stuff, not st- spending time complaining or looking at what is and complaining about what is. That doesn't mean I don't get sad. Let me just say that right now. This isn't like a, I'm not bulldozing, you know, I'm not taking my, the white fisting knuckles and refusing to feel pain. Not at all. I, but it's being able to experience pain and contrast and then say, okay, this is what I don't like what do I want? Because I'm tired of this crap. And then Mm. you decide, you decide to visualize what you want and head in the direction of that. And then again, we're looking for things that make you happy, things that light you up, things that speak to you, being in integrity with yourself. I mean, there's a million, I, I do a, I run a 30 day manifestation challenge and the next one will probably be the free one will probably be in February or March of 2021. And in that 30 day manifestation challenge, people just commit to taking five to 10 minutes every day to do something to get them in a higher frequency, AKA better feeling place. And that could be anything from meditating to writing an appreciation journal to what's called rampage of appreciation, where you're literally just. You're, you're going on and on and on about like what you appreciate and what it's like a you know you ask if it's auditory or or visual or it's literally taking like an appreciation list but doing it verbally out loud to somebody else uh there's you know dancing taking a bath listening to upbeat music that really inspires you lots of different things that people can do to again get into where we're all wanting to be which is feeling better
1: well i have a question um <clears throat> I've talked to a number of people over the years and I see it's like a similar phenomenon. So I'll talk to someone about, let's say they're I know, unhappy with their relationship and I'll say to them, well, how about this? How about that? How about this? And I'll point out something to them that they agree with, but they go like, I know, like they sound resigned and you know, they're never going to do anything to change it. And I've noticed that it's like that same sound that people have when you tell them stuff that Again, it seems like they, they seem to agree with it, but they also just don't seem to have the energy to change it. Like, have you encountered that phenomenon and how would you characterize it?
2: Yeah, yes. Um, I Well, I have and I haven't. So I end up attracting people who may be stuck in not knowing how to change it, but ultimately they believe they can or they're looking for how can I, because we all have upper limits of how much joy, love, success, and abundance we think we deserve. And again, some of this goes into core wounds. Some of this goes into different limiting beliefs that we have. So that person or those people that you're referring to uh, sounds like they have a belief that either they don't deserve better or that they're stuck and they can't get out of where they are. Because one of two things, one, they're they don't know they have choice or two, they're unwilling to do the work to change it.
1: Hmm, okay. Yeah. I was wondering, cause it's just weird, you know, it's weird to me to hear that. And it's like this, this resignation, you know? So I was wondering where it came from. And well, there's so,
2: well, there are several reasons for it. And again, I would say another thing to think about is some people get into, codependent situations or again, like habits in relationships, whether it be with kids or spouses or family or parents, where if I'm, and I think this is why this paradigm is so strong in our society and why people don't want to take responsibility for themselves is because if I complain, you give me attention. A lot of people get love and attention from being sick, hurt and complaining. And that's how they get brought up that, they're, you know, that that they get love from you. And, you know, when someone walks in the room and says, oh, I, this is a disease that I have. And everyone goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So they get trained that if I lead with that, I'm going to get compassion and sympathy. So without knowing it, without understanding it, they're really just trying to find love, but they keep, Exercising like a really low frequency, but then never gets them out of that. So, so whether they want to get better or not, I trained somebody like that for a long time. I had this client who she was very obese. She was she wasn't bedridden, but she didn't move very much. And I I saw this. I tried everything. I'm super creative in all the different ways to help empower somebody from the exercise to the food to the mental the mindset. And I gave her, I was so impressed with myself with how many things I came up with for her to try and to do. And there was one point that it just clicked within me. I thought, oh, she doesn't really want to get better. Now, she's not aware of this, but her husband treated her like a queen and waited on her hand and foot. And her son actually paid for me to give her private sessions. And I thought, what's the risk of getting, of getting better for her? If she got better, all of a sudden, people stopped doting on her. And that's interesting. Hmm. And I realized, I went, Oh, she's never gonna get better. Because (laughs) and and that's when I kind of gave up and thought, all right, I'm done here because you're not, it's not you don't want to really get better. But again, she would, if you would have asked her, do you want to get better? She would have said, Of course I do. But Hmm. again, it's that really strong subconscious that we don't even recognize sometimes our behaviors and our patterns until you take a step back and start to get curious about some of this stuff.
1: That's funny. That's really interesting. So um, I don't know how much more you want to go into it, but uh, what, what, I mean, what are some action steps for people? It sounds like they should definitely, you know, if they want to take this journey, they got to listen to your podcast. Um, but what, I mean, what other things can they do? What, you know, is there a book you have on this? Um, is there a course you've made? Like, you know, what <laughs> yeah. are your suggestions for people?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, again, my show, my podcast, and I have a lot of podcasts, but the, the podcast in particular is called Spirit, Purpose, and Energy again that's spirit purpose and energy it's my most popular show and it is based in law of attraction however we do deal with health stuff and relationship stuff because as you can hear like this is apply this applies to every aspect of your life and I will tell you that the show is for you if you're someone who is at all uh feeling hope or positivity or energy after hearing me on on this episode if you have resistance to it that's also an indication that I'm hitting a chord. Like I'm, I'm being a catalyst right now and I'm hitting a chord. And if you hate me, oh, you really need me. <laughs> if you, um, but, but if you hate me, you're not ready for me. Um, but keep it in the back of your mind. Cause I have people that come and say, when I first listened to your show, I was like, oh hell no. And they turn it off. Cause I strike a chord. Now, obviously, you know, I don't know you. I don't know you personally, so how can I be attacking you? But if I hit a chord that you're not willing to deal with, uh, some people go away and then they come back later when they're ready. Because again, I'm not saying that you are bad or incomplete or unlovable. I'm not saying that you, everything that you have attracted have been things that you want or that you have deserved. There is no judgment. I'm saying that, that I believe that you incarnated in this body in this lifetime for a reason. You have lessons that you set up before you even got here. And the power that you have now is to accept this path that you've created because you're here and do what you can to have a good time while you also learn to grow as a person. And to heal whatever needs to be healed for you to help give your gifts to the world. So if you're interested in any of that, again, f- follow me on Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. You can follow me on Instagram at J.J. I do have a 30-day free manifestation challenge, but I will, I will strongly encourage you to first listen to my show. Uh, I actually monitor who comes into that Facebook group very closely because if you haven't listened to my show then you're not you may not be in alignment with my energy and my message and I want people to really thrive. I want them to get the most out of it. So just be clear that if you're attracted to my energy or to what I'm saying, something inside of you says, "Oh my god, I need that," then definitely, you know, subscribe to Spirit Purpose and Energy. If you are not and you're like, oh my God, she's whatever. <laughs> you just don't like me. That's totally cool. So don't bother. Don't sign up for my manifestation challenge. Don't listen to my show because you have to be ready for the lessons that are are being you know, given to you. And it's not that I'm saying I know everything. Please, if you listen to my show, you'll hear me. Talk about all my struggles and vulnerabilities and things I've learned and my people have been with me for five and six years on my show, because a lot of them have grown with me they've seen my transformation and my continual they, they join programs and masterminds and they do things with me because I'm constantly growing, I'm always pushing the needle on that and I'm always encouraging others to do the same. Whether you do or not is on you. I have no pressure for anyone. Again, I'm just trying to empower you to love your life, to get out of victim mentality, to take back your power in all ways, health relationships and belief systems and emotions and to live your best life, period.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. If people didn't like you, I don't think they would be listening this far. So JJ, True. it's been really cool talking to you and uh, you have a good energy about you and and uh, thanks for being on the podcast.
2: Thank you, Richard, for having me so much.